I would love to be a fly on that wall. I would love to just shadow you like a ghost all day. That sounds like my dream come true. What the f is going on? I like to party. Jesus, honey, wax much? This is Unwaxed. Get in, Lizzie. We're going shopping. With Sophia and Sistine Stallone. Did we just become best friends? Yep. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of the Unwaxed Podcast with your favorite sisters, Sophia and Sistine Stallone. Stallone. Good morning. That was horrible. Book of the paper. What did you say? Vaffanculo. She tried to learn. Stronzo. Stop. She learns a tell. What did you use? Duolingo? I, okay. I tried. It was my quarantine thing. I said, I'm going to learn Italian. So every day I did two hours and I lasted a month. Pretty good. She's basically fluent. For me, pretty good. Does but I sound? only remember one thing. What? You, like, I mean, you just said like three different things. I think those were cuss words though. Mm. What did I remember? It was something like, um, no one come for me right now if it's wrong. It's something like, uh, io quiere beve del vino dale. And what does that mean? I would like to drink wine at your place. Of course. That's the one thing <laughs> she remembers is... Alcohol. But I'm pretty sure I mixed <laughs> Spanish in there. Anyway, um, ho, ho, ho. Happy holiday, you little slutty elves. Just kidding. Um, Fat Santas. <laughs> uh, holiday hope your stockings is, are uh, getting stuffed. Oh, my God. I, you're on a level right now. It's really early. Um, it is not really early, but we're really happy oh. to have you guys on here. Um, it's holiday season. You guys are probably hitting a ton of holiday parties. And what's better? Than a holiday party. I mean, I don't love to throw them, but I love to go to them. Drink some eggnog. Spiked eggnog. What else do we love? Hot toddies. Mold Sly, wine. Can I shout out Sly? Yeah, actually. This is I true. was sick a few weeks ago. He makes a delicious hot toddy. Dangerous. Now, at the time, at the time, he told me he was just making me hot tea and I couldn't taste anything because I was sick. Not COVID. I was just sick. And um, I started to get a little buzzed. You're my, drunk. <laughs> on my eighth tee, I go, Sly, what's what's in these? He's like, whiskey. I go, what? Okay. <laughs> I got to drive and home. And now she goes to restaurants and says, do you know how to make a hot toddy? And See, they go, yeah. I've not heard anybody ask that, but yeah. I feel like bartenders hate me now because they're like, really? I got to make it, hot drinks for it you? Actually, do, it actually, it does take time. Like, it is like so a process good. to do. I try to make it. It's not as easy as it looks. No. I'm really stressed about holiday shopping because I feel like I ran out of ideas for you guys three years ago. Mm. Yeah, I actually I haven't because I, once again, love experiences, not things. So I'm trying to think of what would Sistine love to do. And so I think that's more of a fun thing. But Sistine's really good at gifts. So to find something specific for all of us is pretty uh, like, what else do you get someone? I like have to say the gift. Did you get it for me or Scarlett got it for me? You guys got me a, two tickets to Ratatouille the Musical. Oh, that was Scarlet. Oh! And guess what? By the way, no, no. Hold on, call, it's called the Ratatouzical. The, the best part about this, the best part about <gasps> this on. is that Scarlet deleted the email. I lost the tickets. <laughs> yes, I didn't even get to see it. And I just told Sistine, you're going to the Ratatouzical, whatever it's called. And she couldn't go. Do you want to hear something crazy? Sure. So um, this guy that I was with the other night, <laughs> you mean your boyfriend? <laughs> so, we haven't exposed that yet on the podcast, but yeah, I guess it's out. She's not single. You know what? It's cuffing season, and I thought 
I'm definitely going to be cold. I'm always cold. Might as well need, you know. Yeah. A man to spoon with. Oh, it's been to warm me up. I hated that. Anyway, point being, he said, I really feel like watching Ratatouille right now. And I said, get on a knee. Let's get married. You're, yeah. the, you're the one for me. That's the best movie ever. See, it really is not the best movie ever. Name a better Pixar movie. Um, The Incredibles. No, no, not Incredibles. Is it Incredibles Pixar? What is it? <laughs> Wait, no. I meant Monsters, Inc. I meant Monsters, Inc. Still not as good. <gasps> I do have to say Monsters University. Kind of good. It kind of slaps. I mean, like, I can watch it 12 times a day. But what <gasps> Wait. Oh, sorry. Really fast. Oh, what? Tell me right now, Monsters University has the same energy as 22 Jump Street. Wow. Right? No, think <laughs> kinda, about like yeah. uh, Mike Wazowski see. and Sully. Channing Tatum is Sully. And, and then Hill. Jonah Hill's Mike Wazowski. Do they do a live version? Kind of, right? Do they do a live version? <laughs> Sorry, what were you saying? Do we, do we produce this? Who do we call? <laughs> have all people call your people. have the best idea for you. Wait, so she brought up the Calling chance. Hollywood. <laughs> Hollywood. <laughs> we have a hit story. Yes, I'd like to speak to Universal. <laughs> I need to speak to Hollywood. <laughs> Why do I find that funny? So she said she had a man. Guys, I have a date. Okay. Not like I don't go on enough. Except this but. is a date that... I'm not exactly thrilled that you're going on. Well, I think by this point, I think the date would have ended. So mm. we're either going to be super elated after this week or we're going to be super annoyed that she even put hair rollers in. For I really hope hours. future you is elated. I don't. Do you think the man I'm going on a date with is going to make me feel elated? No, because the first time you went on the date with him, you hated it. Mm. Yes, that's fair. That is fair. Uh, and I think I just kind of wanted to see. No. Well, do you guys believe in that? Do you believe if a first date goes really bad that they deserve a second one? Like, what are the thoughts? Studio audience. Yes or no? Nodding heads. Okay. Not a deal breaker. So something really bad would have to happen if you were like, no. He's nice. We'll see how it goes. Um, Yeah, it didn't hit the first time. We got along, but we'll see how it. it Why hit- didn't it hit the first time? I, well, it, it was just like there's little things that were said here and there that I was like, mm, I don't know. But overall, we did kind of have a connection. So I'm not totally hopeless about it. I, I'm just, you know, we're going we're gonna to see what I can just like, pull from this date. So we were having this big debate uh, right before you got into the studio today because you were <clears throat> late. I wasn't late. Anyway. I wasn't late. We were talking about uh, the best burger in L.A. Yeah. And the producers and myself agreed that Shake Shack was far more superior than In-N-Out. Do you guys actually agree with that? They're all nodding their head. Yes. Are you shitting me? Shake Shack is better than In-N-Out? Now, Sophia, I would like to read you something on the internet and maybe it'll change your mind. What? You tell me what. In-N-Out has a meat grade of F for fail. That's not true. The vast majority of hamburger chains, 22 of the 25, including giants such as McDonald's and In-N-Out, got an F grade because they lack established policies restricting antibiotic use in their beef supply chains, whatever that means. But it's still an F. You're probably eating a rat. Are you serious? What are you eating? I'm just kidding. I don't know. I'm crying. Wait, that actually is really disappointing. I had no idea. I know. In-N-Out. Are you kidding me? I vouched for you. I every debate 
I went in hard for you. And now you got an F? Ah. Have you ever failed anything before? Yes, I got a C in calculus. That's not That's a not a fail. Let's see. A C in calculus. A fail? Yeah, I can't uh, wakeboard. I'm a horrible wakeboarder. I can't uh, Have ski. you failed a test before? Yeah, a lot. I failed, I failed so many tests and I forged uh, dad's signature so that the teacher didn't have to see it. So we did that in middle school. middle school. So basically what would happen is if you failed a test, uh, your parent would have to sign a paper and like show that they saw that you failed the test and you have to show your teacher and then you put in the thing. So what I did was I told my dad to sign this like uh, retreat form that I was going on and I caught, like, grabbed some tracing paper and I practiced yes. over and over well, and over. One time. And I figured it out. And one I time did I did something I so grade. stupid and it still is traumatizing to this day. Um, I failed a spelling test and I got every single one wrong. And I thought if I used whiteout on all of the red markings that mom wouldn't notice. Mm. The entire page was covered in whiteout paint. And then I even like put A plus on it. Mom thought it was so funny that she took it to her dinner party that they were having at the house. And all of the women and all of the couples were just hysteric. They were cackling. And I was standing there crying with like my hands in the Arthur fist. Like, stop making fun of me. Oh, God. Yeah. That's funny. I did fail my AP biology test. The first one. Yeah. Uh, are you going to continue with that? Or you want, do you want anything else to say? Jesus. Okay. Well, no, I was thinking about mom for a second. I thought about what I'm going to get her for Christmas, and now I'm freaking out. You know what is a great gift, though? What? To give people? What? Manscaped. <gasps> you did it! Sophia! Yes! Thank you. Finally, with the smooth Manscaped it was, it was pretty. It was pretty, um, it was a little rough, a little bit. I'd give that. But, you know. What was rough? Your mouth that you haven't <gasps> shaved with manscaped. <laughs> Santa baby, it's holiday season and you don't know what to get a gift as a stocking stuffer? Huh? Well, today's sponsor, Manscaped, has the tool that guarantees you a win for this year's stocking stuffer competition. Damn, Manscaped, you guys, has changed more than 4 million men worldwide for the better, in my opinion. If my math is correct, it's almost a uh, 8 million balls. Manscaped's best-selling product is the Performance Package 4.0, which is at the top of every man's wish. Mm -hmm. Nothing is sexier than a smooth ornament, if you know what I mean, guys. Mm -hmm. and I girls. know what you mean. Inside, you'll find their lawnmower body trimmer, the best trimmer on the market for mm. balls, back, chest. I mean... Whatever you want to trim, it'll work. And the Weed Whacker Ear and Nose Hair Trimmer. Let's not forget the famous liquid formulations, the Crop Preserver, Ball Deodorant, and Crop Reviver, the Ball Toner, to keep him smelling nice down below. That's my favorite. Ladies, listen up. This is the perfect gift for you and your man. And trust me, he will thank you. Now, these are our picks for Manscaped's Surefire Win Stocking Stuffers. Number one. The Manscaped 2-in-1 Shampoo and Conditioner. It just launched, you guys, and it's about time he stops stealing yours. The Manscaped Cologne Body Infused Body Wash. Ladies, you may want to borrow this one, too. It's true. It does smell really good. Mm -hmm. Three, Shears 2.0 Luxury 4-Piece Nail Kit. And what do we say? A red flag? Bad nail care? 
Mm, not for us. Number four, the crop mops, the ball wipes, the go-to solution for stanky balls. Ew. <laughs> Ew. And number five, Manscaped's signature cologne. It is sexy yet delightful. These formulations are all vegan, cruelty-free, dye-free, sulfate-free, paraben-free, so you know his cojones are in great hands. Okay, you guys, so make sure you go to their site to ensure that these wild gifts show up before the holiday season, whether this is for your partner, your dad, your brother, your friend, the neighbor, your dog. Get them something that they will actually use, and it's almost sure to get a laugh. Get 20% off and free shipping at manscaped.com using the code UNWAX. Cheers to rocking the best gifts of this holiday season. It's a gift for him, but ladies, it's also a gift for you. XOXO, Manscaped. Okay, you guys, today we have on the creator of Fleur du Mal, the first luxury brand to introduce lingerie in a way that is both wearable yet stylishly provocative. This brand is a go-to favorite for Hollywood celebrities such as Kylie Jenner, Margot Robbie, Ariana Grande, and the list goes on. We are so excited to have on Jennifer Zuccarini. Woo! Yay, Jennifer! I've been such a fan of this brand since I was probably 16 years old. And the career and the path that you have built and the message that you're spreading through your brand is something that I hope to emulate myself one day. So we're really excited to yeah. have you on. I'm so flattered to hear that. Thank you. I'm so excited to be a guest on the show. I know. Um, I was just listening to your show on my way. I was at a photo shoot in Brooklyn and then um, came home to do the podcast. And I'm a big fan oh of both God. of you. So. That is the chicest <laughs> thing I've ever heard. So what was, what was the photo shoot for? Uh, shooting our pre-fall collection. Oh my God. So our lookbook. Um, yeah. So we were just on a shoot and then I raced back home and happy to now be here with you oh guys. Oh my gosh. Thank you I so love much. it. Well, I would love to sort of get into how you began with Fleur de Mall, your career even before that. Sort of just walk us through the whole process of how you started and how you ended up now. Well, I always knew I wanted to be in fashion from when I was probably eight or nine years old. Um, so that was something, you know, I actually took sewing lessons when I was eight. Um, I was sketching. So I knew from a really young age, I read every fashion magazine. I was like very into everything, everything fashion. And then um, I ended up, I moved to New York and went to FIT to study fashion design. And um, always, I always wanted to start my own brand. That's something, you know, I, I never really thought about doing anything else. Um, but when I first graduated, I worked for some designers in New York just to get some experience. And then I ended up co-founding another company. I don't know if you guys are familiar with it. Um, Kiki de Montparnasse. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yes. Which was like a very high end kind of everything to enhance your intimate life luxury concept. Right. Um, so I did that and that was really my first experience building a brand from scratch. And that's something I just, I love doing, not just designing the product, but also just thinking about how people interact with the brand and that emotional connection you have, you know, and you love when you're like, oh, I really just want, I want to wear that. I want people to know that's what I'm wearing. Mm -hmm. I did that for a few years. And then actually I did, I worked for Victoria's Secret for a couple of years. Um, I kind of fell into lingerie that wasn't ever what I thought I was going to be doing. I thought I would design, just ready to wear fashion. I personally love lingerie and used to get so excited about. Yeah, no, so do we. We, I mean, Sistine yeah. especially, we just think it's the coolest thing even just to wear under clothes that are your day-to-day -day clothes, just so you have like this little secret that's sexy and makes you feel confident. Honestly, I spent all of my money on lingerie and it's 
the, my favorite part about it is that it's, I don't wear it for other people. I wear it for myself. So I love everything exactly. you're saying right now. Was there something about lingerie yeah. that you were thinking, okay, this is something I want to dive into because it was untapped or because it was something that people didn't really understand because I think the lingerie like for me a lot of my girlfriends for their birthdays I always like to buy them something that's a bit more provocative sometimes I'll buy them a vibrator sometimes I'll buy them lingerie something that they wouldn't normally buy for themselves was that something that you wanted to target because it's something that people probably don't they're not very knowledge in yeah Originally, when I started, I was thinking um, I loved personally wearing beautiful lingerie that was also maybe, you know, I, I felt like the market was either very sexy and a little maybe borderline trashy or super, super basic. Mm -hmm. And I was really thinking about how I like to dress and how my friends like to dress and being able to wear something beautiful under your clothing every day that isn't so like has so much going on that you can't actually right. wear it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and really taking more of a, in a way, a fashion approach to lingerie and incorporating, you know, thinking about how, how our girl dresses, wearing, you know, whether it's like bra tops or bodysuits or layering, you know, bustiers under jackets. So really kind of bringing that fashion element to lingerie. I didn't really feel like anyone was doing that. And we started, you know, not just with lingerie, but also with all those categories, slip dresses, bodysuits. Mm -hmm. Um, so I really felt there was something missing in the market and, and we try to do things that are also at a more attainable price point mm -hmm. and really thinking about covering our woman for every moment of her life. And, um, but to your point, you know, it's, it's thinking about how it makes you feel mm -hmm. our customers buying because she wants to feel amazing. It's not necessarily about anyone else seeing it. Right. Well, so, I would love to tap into that sort of embracing your femininity because I think that is, again, like Sophia said, something that we don't often do. And there's sort of shame in lingerie or sometimes it's, there's like a trashy sort of reputation that comes with wearing it. But really, I feel like Fleur de Mall is completely changing the way people are wearing it and approaching it. And I would love to sort of hear from you, like exploring your feminine side, sexual side, how is this important to you? And how is it sort of changing as the brand is constantly evolving? When a woman is powerful, um, sometimes that doesn't always connect with someone being also embracing their sexuality. So I think for a man, when you think about a powerful man, that's also sexy. I mean, everybody loves that, right? Nobody questions that. Right. It just makes it that much better. Exactly. But I always, I always feel like for women in a way to be taken seriously, almost you almost have to suppress that part of you a little bit. Yes. Mm -hmm. And I felt, you know, why can't a woman really bring those two sides together and be comfortable with, I'm, I'm a woman. I love being a woman. I love, I'm a sexual person. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, that doesn't have to be, that doesn't have to be separate from also being a badass, powerful yes. woman in your everyday life. And actually that's so funny um, that you said that because we, I wrote something down about being a woman in business and especially now you're in the lingerie business. I mean, did you ever have people while you were growing your business ever doubt you and say something going, oh, okay, she's not professional enough because she's doing this or what were the things that were almost setbacks for you, but maybe something that fueled you forward. I think when you're a designer or you're a creative person um, and you guys are creators and you have a business, your partner plus everything else you're doing, I think people, they always want to know, well, who's your partner? Who are you doing this with? Like, mm -hmm. I think they, that becomes more of a question for a woman than it ever does for mm -hmm. a man. 
Um, and I didn't, I didn't have a partner. Um, and they want to know when you're pitching to investors who, oh, so you're the creative part, got that. Who, who's the business side of it? Like, and I would say, well, I have a lot of advisors. I'm, you know, people on my team. Um, I don't think, you know, there's, it's wonderful to have a partner. And I, and I think that's a great model for a lot of people, but also for some, you know, maybe you hire the people that you need. Mm-hmm. And I think for a woman, that was a question that came up a lot, being more of a creative person and being a woman that maybe there was something missing without having that other person on my team with me. Did um, you find that so, because all of these people were doubting you and like that's something Sophie and I constantly struggle with um, because of who our dad is, people always think, oh, well, you're getting this because of that. Or if I go in to pitch something, no one will take me seriously because they're thinking, okay, she's just 23. What credibility does she have to sell us anything? But did you ever tell yourself something or did you have a get change of mindset or yeah. Yeah, a change of mindset that sort of kind of led you forward and, and yeah. continue to push forward? Because sometimes that's hard constantly well, feeling I like, and yeah. hearing that. I feel like people in business that are successful, they have something that switches in them that goes, we, I can do it. Like all the other barriers yeah. between them is relevant. I think it's really that perseverance. And, you know, I never gave up and I went through so many hard times and you have to have that, that drive to say, no matter, no matter what's happening. And if you, even if people are telling you, no, that you're just going to keep hitting it every day. And I put in the hours, I put in the time. I, I didn't, mm-hmm. I didn't give up. And there were many, many moments where I didn't know if we were going to make it in the early mm-hmm. years. Cause it's also such a cash intensive yeah, business. Right. Um, and, and I didn't know. And I luckily had people around me, friends and mentors that, that were like, you're going to get through this. Like you just, this happens, this happens to everybody. Like we've, I've been through what you're going through and you just need to stick it out. Right. And, and I'm so thankful that I, I didn't give up, but I think, um, being an on, yeah, I mean, doing anything in the entertainment fashion, you come up against a lot of no's and a lot of people are probably telling you, I don't believe in what you're doing, but, um, you just need to find the people that do believe in you. And if you have a strong concept, you'll, you'll find those people. Mm-hmm. Um, I luckily also, I felt, you know, in a business setting, I'm very professional. And I think when you conduct yourself that way, people are that way back. I mean, I know yes. some women, friends of mine who pitched to a lot of male investors and felt like maybe that those investors were making, like hitting on them or making right. them feel uncomfortable. And mm-hmm. I've, I've had that happen mm-hmm. a couple of times, but honestly, most of the time, I think if you're a professional and you know your shit, you know your stuff, then people treat you that way. Mm-hmm. I think that is wonderful advice. Um, for someone yeah. like me, who, again, like loves the the career and the path that you've made for yourself, what would be a, a good first step, even for me or someone that isn't wanting to be in the lingerie business, but a woman trying to build her own business? What would you recommend would be a great first step for them? Starting with a business plan um, is the most important thing to do because it helps you gather your thoughts. Like, is this really, what am I trying to do? What is my point of view? Why is this needed in the world, whatever that may be, any business, any, even, you know, even a podcast, even. Um, so it's not the, maybe the most fun thing to start with, but that's how I started. And it, it, it gives you a discipline to say, well, I need to work out how much money I'm going to need to launch this. What is my, what is my three-year plan? Um, and 
what is the mission statement? Why, you know, how, how am I going to make this business mm-hmm. work? Who am I going to get involved? What's my team going to look like? When am I going to hire them? It just forces you to ask yourself a lot of questions mm-hmm. um, that you'll need to do anyway. And through that process, you might say, oh, I, I didn't realize I was going to have to do all this. I need to change, pivot my idea a little or do something different. So that I would recommend as a always the best first step. Right. All right, I'll start drafting something up right after this call. <laughs> I'm on it. You know, I I actually I always think about this is when you said that you've always wanted to do fashion. I find that so incredible because I think a lot of people, especially like I mean, for me personally, I know that uh, I'm still in my 20s. It's hard for me almost to say like, what is my purpose? What is my passion? What is like I I'm a big believer that I want to find like the meaning of why I'm supposed to be here or like find something that will yeah. get me up in the morning every single day. And you said it was always fashion for you. Uh, growing up, was that something that you've always just been interested in? Like were you raised around a family that was interested in fashion? Or were you just kind of the one that randomly was the fashionista of the family? Because mm-hmm. I know Sistine um, was always the one that was the fashionable person in our group and my mom too. But was that something for you? Like how did you hit that point where you were like, this is what I need to be doing? I think my mom was very into fashion and she would, you know, even from when I was so young, let me dress myself. I always had a desire to, you know, pick out my own clothing, to look at every fashion magazine, watch every fashion TV show that used to be out back then. Um, and I think it just, I don't know, there was, it was something that just felt so natural for me. And I was into clothing and growing up at as a teenager, like love dressing up and going out. Um, but then after a while, you know, because everyone expected me to be going into fashion at some point, I decided I didn't want to do that anymore. And I, I went down more of an art path and I wanted to potentially become an art dealer. I studied art history. Look at um, that. you know, I thought that's awesome <laughs> because I thought, you know, Oh, what do I love doing? And I was like, I love traveling. Mm-hmm. I love art. I love throwing parties. I love, you know, I love, this is, you know, when I was like, 19 or something. Um, why don't I become an art dealer and I'll travel around the world and discover artists. I mean, this is just in my head, what I thought an art dealer did at that time. Um, (laughs) You're like, no, they don't do anything else, but they love it. I I was exactly the same way. I took art history in college for a couple semesters. I'm like, Oh, you know, actually (laughs) this is not what I thought I wanted to do. Love art, but there's so many more things involving it that you start to realize, Oh wait, this is probably not what my, uh, what I want to do every single day. Although I loved, I loved it when I studied mm-hmm. it. I actually wanted to create something and build something. And that's really my passion is not just to be, you know, a buyer or a critic or a dealer, but to be the one making something. Right. And that's, that gives me a lot of satisfaction. But back to your point of feeling, what is your purpose? Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I think about that all the time as well, because it is, fashion is such a, you know, we're not, I'm not saving lives with what I'm doing, but I hope, I hope with what we're building in the brand that we bring people some joy, some right fun. Like I try to make the brand very engaging and fun, but I think it's more about the culture you build around whatever you're doing. And ultimately what I've learned over the years, your team and how, you know, how do people feel? How do you make people feel when you're around mm-hmm. them? How is your, how are you inspiring your team? Um, and that, I think, 
makes a big difference. But I still, you know, I don't know, years from now, I might do something completely different. Right. You know, I think that's a good point to make because I feel like a lot of people, I mean, a lot of people being me, put a lot of stress on finding that (laughs) one thing that will hit when it's so fluid, your career. I mean, you could wake up the next day and go, you know what? I don't want to be a designer. I want to be a a lion tamer. I don't know. It's true. Something. (laughs) And I think that's the it's um, it's important to note that you have that mindset. You're like, okay, you know what? If I wake up and I want to do something else, then I do something else. Like you're not putting so much yes, emphasis on that. being so specific about what you need to be doing. People, especially now in their early 20s, uh, early 30s, put so much pressure on themselves to have their career figured out right away. Like Sophia and I, again, we're constantly questioning, are we doing enough? Are, aren't we doing enough? Uh, we should be making more money. I mean, there's always that going off in our head. You said that you um, wanted to be an art dealer when you were 19. So at what age did Fleur de Mal was birthed? When did it begin? Um, how old were you? I was 34. See, 34 when I started. See, I'm like thinking I need to pause. You have time. See, that's the thing. <laughs> no, but see, it, it's so important to like note that because I think that we're so surrounded, I think with TikTok and Instagram and all of these things today, yeah. And especially as women, we're always feeling so much pressure. Like, why aren't we successful enough right now? Why aren't we doing more? Why aren't we uh, making a million dollars by the time we're 23, like Kylie Jenner? It's just like, it's just so incredible that we have these um, beliefs that this could happen. Yeah. And it's so, and I, and I felt, so my first, my first business company I started when I was 29, but at that time I felt old. Like I was like, I remember being 25 feeling, oh my God, I can't believe I haven't made it yet, you Mm -hmm. know, and there's, there is, and now it's even so much worse. I mean, it's, there's so much pressure, but I also felt at some point, like, and I'm sure you guys could think of examples of people that blew up at a very young Mm -hmm. age. And then by the time they were so young, still in their thirties, maybe were past their prime. And that happens in a lot of industries. Well, especially in entertainment and fashion. Right. Um, and so part of me felt like, you know what, sometimes if you want to build a beautiful thing, it takes time and you want to be in the right stage of your life. And you have so much time ahead of you. You might change careers. You might do something great now and 10 years from now want to do something completely different. And I think it's important for people to give themselves that freedom to make that choice. It's really well said. It is really well said because we were even saying this on our last episode. Um, Our dad was talking about like love in specific by saying, don't chase the clock. Like, don't chase like this time frame that you need to be successful and make it by the time you're 30 or else you're just not going to. And he's like, the right time will come for everything. The right time to find love, the right time for your business Mm -hmm. to hit. And it's only if you let it happen that it will work. And I think that you made such a good note that you were like, okay, I was in my 30s when it hit and it worked. And I didn't put so much pressure on making sure I was married with children. And this is, there's no bad thing about that, by the way. Like there's nothing wrong with getting married early or later, but there wasn't such a time restraint on finding it, you know? Was there one point that was just, it could be very specific. It could be nothing. It could be huge. That was just so rewarding for you. And it was just such a peak moment. Um, let me think. Oh my gosh. And that's a loaded you know question. what? I felt like there were so many moments over the years that I felt like, you know, cause you question yourself and you have doubt and you have difficult days, but then there's always something that happens that gives you a positive, it's like momentum. And you're like, oh, this is meant to be because this happened, that happened. We've had amazing people wearing the brand. And I think when we were, when I first launched to have 
somebody, a major, major celebrity, where the brand, when we weren't that really well known, was so reassuring Mm -hmm. because we didn't pay, you know, we didn't pay anybody. We weren't, we didn't have a publicist. We didn't have anyone that was like facilitating that for us. So it was rewarding because we're like, oh, that person chose, like we used to do a lot of things for Rihanna. We used to do, you know, we've had everyone wear the brand. Um, they chose to wear Fleur over anything because they could, yeah. they have access to everything. So I think that's always been a nice thing. Opening our stores, I think always having, you know, a physical space that embodies the brand and people come in and they're like, oh my God, I love the store and I love being here. That's always like, it's nice. Most of our, 90% of our business is online mm-hmm. and direct to consumer. So I think having those moments where, you know, we're doing a great event or we're doing something where we're actually interacting with our, our audience and our customer. That's always very rewarding for me. Yeah. Cause you see it physically um, in front of you. You're like, Oh my God, it's actually, yeah. it's mine. It's my baby. That must be so cool. Mm-hmm. What are the things that you're doing today? Cause you just brought up that 90% of the, what's being bought is being bought online, which is crazy. Cause it would, that's not the same as it was 10 years ago. And now everything is e-commerce. Um, so since there's like all these changing and there's trends and there's TikTok and Instagram, are you completely like restructuring the way you sell your products now? And like, what are you doing that's different than you did like two years ago before the pandemic? I launched with um, online first. So originally we were only- Oh, you're only online. Only through our oh, website. Oh, okay. I didn't know that. Initially, yes. Yes. But then we started selling to, you know, we have some wholesale partners and we sold to Barney's and Net-A-Porter, but always we've been really focused on e-commerce. Mm-hmm. Um, I think, you know, social is so important and it really has been since we launched. Most people discover Fleur through Instagram. Mm -hmm. Um, and that hasn't, that still hasn't changed, but I think over the last couple of years, there's so much, um, pressure and opportunity to do more content. So, yeah, so we're like, we're equally, you know, content creators as designers and a brand, like every you know, every photo shoot, we're not, it's not even so much about the photos, it's the video. And we need to like, can we figure out doing a couple of TikToks Mm -hmm. and then working with influencers? I think that's the influencer piece was not nearly, I mean, when we launched, it wasn't really even a thing. Not at all. Um, And now it's so massive. I mean, that's how you, a lot of these brands get blown up is if one influencer just promotes their thing naturally, it becomes like the next big thing. And it's just crazy because that's even with our podcast. I mean, a lot of it, like our traction comes from, I mean, other than maybe if we do it correctly, we make funny content on TikTok, but it will be from the guests we have on. And it's just like a total shift in like, okay, who do we have on? Like the targeting people that we want to see. Is that what you did with the photo shoot that you were at today in Brooklyn? We do. So we'll do video and then we have somebody else just doing social video Mm -hmm. and then we'll try to squeeze in if we have time, like having, we we did another shoot last week and we, we planned for the models to do a few different little TikTok things. Oh, that's you know? fun. So now that. we have to build that all yeah. in. <laughs> what does a day in the um, life look like for you? Because I feel like you're a very busy woman. You said you were just at a shoot in Brooklyn. <laughs> now you're doing a podcast. What? Walk me through a day in the life. Usually I start most mornings. I have a, some sort of team meeting, either a meeting with my design team or a meeting with my marketing team. And we're going through all of our initiatives. Right now we're on holiday. Oh, that's planning, so much fun. Um, Ooh, holiday. So fun. I love that. We have so many new things launching and gift gifting initiatives. And um, so we'll talk about right now we're deep, just talking about everything else we're doing for the rest of the year. So we're planning a little, I'm like doing a little event at our store next week in LA. 
Then we're doing something in our New York store as a little holiday walkthrough. Um, so I'll do a lot of planning meetings and we'll have fittings. I have a lot of, you know, right now I'm kind of back and forth from the office and right now I'm at home, but mostly I'm at my, back in my studio. So I'll have fittings. So we'll go through, we'll, we bring in a model, we try everything on, we make all the comments. Um, I do that with my design team mm-hmm. three times a week, oh four gosh. times a week. Then we'll, you know, have photo shoots. Maybe there's like social content. I feel like I never make enough time to do my own social content. And that's something that always gets kind of right. screwed. But <laughs> I would love to be a fly on that wall. I would love to just shadow you like a ghost all day. That sounds like my dream come true. But it's true. Sometimes you get so wrapped up in, in the business side of things that you're like, oh my God, my personal needs some attention as well. Do you ever have enough yeah. downtime for yourself? Oh, it's so hard. I think... Um, for many years, I really didn't make enough time for myself. And I was always working every weekend, working late at night. I still do. There's rarely a weekend that I don't work for mm-hmm. for some of the mm-hmm. weekend. I just, I have to do it to kind of just, even just to have like a little creative time to myself where I don't have any interruptions. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes I just have to do that on the weekend. But now I'm a little better, like... I do, you know, what's really important to me is I love seeing my friends, my family. I always want to, I don't want to usually cancel on things like that for work. So I try to make that a priority. Um, In the morning, I like to do, I want to do a workout. Usually I want maybe do a meditation. That's, that's, I started doing that in the pandemic Mm -hmm. as a way, sorry, my dryer's like, (laughs) (laughs) go and like turn it off. Um, I started doing that during the pandemic and that was like a way for me to start my day more grounded Mm -hmm. and feel, have the energy I needed to deal with everything with, with my company. Wait, so has that Um, changed um, your mindset and the way you do things daily from meditation? Okay. So I, cause I try to do it and I mean, Sassine, you do it quite well. uh, I do it quite well, but it's (laughs) honestly, it's one of those things like you should be doing it every single day to get like normalize it and make it something that's just part of your daily routine. What have you seen in the differences between then and now from you doing meditation? For years, I was the same. I would always think I have to start meditating and when am I going to do that? And then once I started just getting in the habit, it's something I almost look forward to in the morning. It's just, I make my coffee and then I just go and I just do 15 minutes, 15, 20 minutes max. And 15 minutes is pretty That's pretty good. Manageable. No, I, I'm like five minutes and sometimes I'm like, okay, wait, <laughs> when's yeah. the clock going to go off? But that's bad. That means I probably should do it more often. Sometimes you wake up and your mind is racing with, I need to do this or thinking about something you have you didn't reply to or, and it gives me 15 minutes just to clear that mm-hmm. all away and just reset and then I just get in touch with, I don't know, it's in a way getting in touch with myself and how I'm feeling yeah. um, instead of just being bombarded with to-do things. Yeah. It's more, um, right. it just sort of, it's just a cleansing moment for me. And then I always feel happier. I feel happier after. Yeah. <laughs> See, I hope to get to that level of busy one day where I'm like, actually, I need 15 <laughs> minutes of quiet. That's what I'm emulating. That's my goal. Um, Jennifer, well, you yeah. you are so amazing and, and kind and gracious. And we so appreciate you yeah. coming on the podcast today. I mean, all of the advice that you gave is sort of something I needed to hear today. So I really, really oh appreciate gosh. you coming on. 
It's my pleasure. I'm so happy to be here. I love seeing you guys. I'd love to meet in person yes, at some point. Yes, please. I love that. Thank you. You guys are so sweet. You can plug your socials because we need to hype those up. So where can people find you on Instagram and social media? For Fleur, it's at Fleur Dumal NYC. Um, my personal is, because I need more followers also, yep. is at Jennifer Zuccarini. Go follow um, her, guys. And then, yes. And then on TikTok, it's the same. It's at Fleur Dumal NYC on TikTok. And yeah, and we have a store in New York and a store in LA. Oh, you guys, we're gonna go. If your stocking stuffers are not Fleur de Mall, I want you to unsubscribe from this podcast, okay? <laughs> yes. Jennifer, thank <laughs> you so much. We absolutely love you. Good luck with everything in the shoots and the holiday lookbooks. Thank you. Thank you so much. And we'll send you some. We'd love for you guys to have some clothes. <gasps> so we'll send you some things. Pick out some things. Oh, have a look. Oh. I'm gonna send oh, send you guys it. whatever you want. Oh, don't do oh it. Gosh. So I'll have the team follow up. Oh my god. <laughs> Okay. Oh, God. Thank I you love so it. much, Jennifer. Okay, thanks, guys. We will see you thank next you. Tuesday. Bye. Bye.